Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana, Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are uh, studying the book of Galatians, and we find ourselves uh, right now at at Galatians chapter 4, and what I'd like to do is read verses 12 through 20 of Galatians 4. So let's go ahead and go right into things. I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. But it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I am present with you. My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. But I could wish to be present with you now, and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. So let's talk about this here. Remember what's going on. The Apostle Paul has a vested interest in the Galatians because he evangelized them, they believed the gospel, and he loves them, and he wants to see them be okay. He wants to see them do well. And he's seeing them being um, being um, tainted by a false gospel. Someone else has come in, or others have come in, and uh, they are giving a, a tainted gospel to these dear people. And these folks are getting confused. And Paul is troubled by this. And he's trying to get them back on track again. And he starts off here with, um, with pleading with the Galatians to follow his example. His example in walking with Christ. So let's take a little bit of a closer look here of what kind of uh, example Paul was. And let's put it into the relationship of dealing with, um, with people. In other words, um, relating to people. Because I think that will be very uh, relevant for what's going on in this book. And it also is very beneficial to us. Let's think uh, just a moment, or actually a little bit more than a moment. <laughs> let's, let's think for a little while on the word winsome. Winsome is a word that means to win. 
Um, guys, if you are married, you understand what it means to be winsome because when you met your future wife for the first time or you started dating your future wife, you were being winsome. You were trying to win the heart of that woman over. And ladies, if you uh, if you have been wooed or if you uh, are married, you know what it's like to 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 be won over. Okay. So the the idea of winsome um, is is the idea of winning over somebody. And to win over somebody, sometimes you have to, well, not sometimes, you need to be relatable to them and to engage them. And to do that, you sometimes will um, change behavior or change the way you handle things. So let me give you an example of this. Because what I'm not talking about is to be disingenuous. Okay, I'm not talking about being a, a chameleon as far as you'll say one thing to somebody and then something totally opposite to another. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you behave in front of other people. So let's let's put this in perspective. Let's say that you are relating to um, to an adult, okay? And you are talking about a car accident, okay? You may go into details in that car accident that that may be unpleasant. Maybe somebody got hurt, maybe someone got killed, maybe there was a lot of property damage. You may go into details. Now let's take that same situation and say that you're describing that accident to a child. You're gonna change how you talk about that accident, would you not? Yeah. Now are you basically relaying the same truth about the accident yeah that this happened that happened but you may not go into gruesome details about how somebody got hurt with a child or you may say things differently why is that well you're trying to relate to each person to whom you're you're speaking right so you'll change how you talk and how you relate to an adult and you'll relate to them differently than you would with a child. Does that make sense? You're not being disingenuous. You're not uh, telling you know, one person, yeah, it was a horrific accident and the other person you're saying there was no accident. You would be able to tell them the truth. But you handle things in a different way. Well, if you get that concept, then you can understand one of the ways of, Paul, of the Apostle Paul's life. You see, the Apostle Paul walked with Christ and he wanted other people to walk with Christ. And in order to relate to people, Paul was a winsome individual. He was always trying to win people over. Now, he was winning them with the truth. He wasn't changing on the message of Christ, but the way in which he handled each person may have been different based on that individual. Okay, so that's 
what he starts off when we're thinking about walking like the Apostle Paul, we can be winsome. Now, let me give you some scripture here. I'm going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. Paul says about himself here, To the Jews I became as a Jew, so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I may be by all means, or so, so excuse me, <laughs> I have become all things to all men, so that I may by all means save some. That's 1 Corinthians 9, verses 20 through 22, and that's an example of Paul being winsome. Paul, basically what those verses were saying is Paul said, hey, when I was around people that observed the law, I would observe the law, but I would do so not to win the favor of God. You see, observing the law, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? If you, if you wanted to, to um, observe a ceremonial washing, just to do it as out of respect for God or out of worship, nothing wrong with that, okay? If you wanted to enjoy a festival under Jewish law, there was nothing wrong with that. But if you were doing it in order to be saved, that's where the line gets crossed. And Paul, that's why Paul says, you know, I would win Jews by being under the law, even though I am not under the law. And for those who are not under the law, Paul said, I would live like someone without law, although I was under the law of God or the law of Christ. And he said to the people that were weak, I became weak. Now, again, not a disingenuous type of thing. He was trying to relate to people where they were at. And he says, I've become all things to all men so that by all means, I may save some. So, one of the ways that Paul walked, and this is relevant to what we're talking about, because we're talking about the, the law, and you know we've been talking about why God gave the law, and that we're free from the law, and it doesn't mean that we have to be insensitive to those who may worship differently than we do. And we may do things that we wouldn't normally do in order to relate to people. As long as we're not doing them in order to work our way into heaven, we're fine. And Paul says in here, in order to win people to Jesus, he would try to find a commonality with them. And he could adjust his practices or his ways but he wouldn't go so far as to disobey God. He still walked by faith, and he was still obeying God. So he wasn't going out and saying, well, you know, if I'm around a Gentile, boy, I can, I can go to brothels and I can do, you know. That wasn't what he was talking about, okay? Paul could adhere to the rights and customs of, of the Mosaic Law, in order to win Jews. 
and he would he could do so rightfully he was a jew it was part of his heritage but he wasn't doing it to win christ's favor he could be with gentiles and he could not observe parts of the mosaic law which was perfectly fine just as long as he wasn't sinning okay as long as he wasn't being lawless in the in the respect of sinning against god okay so Paul was winsome with people, and he's, he's telling the Galatians, I want you to walk like I am. In other words, you, know, you, you can observe the Mosaic Law, just don't do it in order to be saved. It is not a requirement. You can be free from the law and not observe it at all, just as long as you're following the law of love, the law of Christ. So if we are winsome, for the sake of winning people to Christ, then that, that's okay. And that's a, that's a way that we could follow Paul's example in, in uh, walking with Christ. And that's why Paul could say, I became like you guys. When Paul was evangelizing the Galatians, he would, he would try to find a common bond between them. So here's some guidelines about how to behave and and whether you you know because we're talking about you know if you go too far one way you can go into legalism if you go too far the other way you can go into uh, what's called licentiousness which means you just you know you do whatever it is you you're gonna do so here's some guidelines with this if the Bible commands you to do something it doesn't matter who you're with you need to do it now again, let's put this in perspective. Believers in Christ are free from the law of Moses. So if you're around people that observe the law of Moses, you don't have to follow it. If you follow it to try to relate to them and say, I know that this isn't saving me, I'm just going to follow because I'm respecting these people. You're doing nothing wrong. In the same way, if the Bible prohibits something, you can't go there you can't do it if it prohibits so in other words if the if you were around people that said well you need to follow the mosaic law in order to be saved and you go along with that you've gone too far okay i hope this is making sense if the bible does not either command or prohibit something you're free to do it unless it violates someone's conscience or it makes someone stumble into sin. In other parts of Scripture, Paul talked about um, eating eating food um, or eating meat sacrificed to idols. And he said, "Look, if you understand that um, there is no other God except the one true God, and you are thankful to that one true God for that food." even though it was sacrificed to idols, which, by the way, at certain times in the first century, you couldn't get a piece of meat to eat that had not been sacrificed to a false god. So Paul was saying, if, you're, if you understand that there's only one true God and you're worshiping him, and you're not getting involved with worshiping other gods by, by purchasing this meat and you know, such like that, you're perfectly fine to eat that, unless it violates your conscience or the conscience of someone else. 
then just abstain. So there are some guidelines here in our freedom with Christ. And we need to observe those guidelines. Let's put things in perspective today. Let's talk about um, one, one of the, the things that I would suggest would, would be um, um, relevant today and, and kind of close to, the, to um, the problem that the Galatians were facing with the Mosaic Law is that uh, idea of baptism. There are um, people who give a false gospel today that says, um, you must be baptized in order to be saved. Well, that's adding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you're relating to those people and you uh, are baptized and you're doing it in order to be saved, then you've gone too far. You've gone into sin. But if you're relating to those people and saying, look, we can be baptized, but not it doesn't do anything to save us well then you you haven't gone too far okay and you so to put a, to make that a little bit more clear if you were dealing with someone like that you wouldn't deal by saying well we should never baptize anybody well yeah baptism is an ordinance of the church but you'd have to explain the reason why we baptize is as an outward symbol of what god did to us on the inside it is not a part of salvation. Okay, It's not something we do in order to be saved. So you're holding the line of truth and you're still trying to relate to people. I, I hope that makes sense. I hope I explained it well. If you have more questions, you can always write to me. Uh, my email address is randy at creationanew.com and you can ask more questions. So let's move on here because we really haven't gotten very far in the text at all. Paul says that the Galatians really did no wrong to him because they received him. He's starting to look back now when he first came to, to Galatia and he says you didn't do anything didn't do anything wrong to me. The reason why is you whenever I came to you I, you received me as a messenger of Christ. He says you even actually received me as an angel of God or even more so as as Jesus Christ. And what he means by that is in in the fact that you listened to the message that I gave you were listening to Christ. Um, Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 40 and 41. Let me read it to you. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Uh, Jesus uh, goes on and says in John 13:20, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So the concept here and what Paul is getting at uh, is he's saying you were receptive to the gospel. You received me because I, I was bringing the gospel. It was like you were receiving Jesus Christ. Okay, You were welcoming him into your midst. And by receiving pause, they did. The Galatians received the gospel. They were saved. They embraced Paul, and by extension, they embraced Jesus Christ. So Paul goes on and he says, 
um, that while he was with them the first time, um, he had some kind of physical issue. And we really don't know what the physical issue is. In this text, he mentions something about the Galatians being willing to give their eyes to him. And that leads people to believe that maybe Paul had a problem with his eyes. And it could very well have been. Um, some people think it might have been the thorn in the flesh that Paul talks about in uh, Corinthians. Maybe that was it, and, and uh, we don't know. Um, and it wasn't long after Paul was in um, Lystra, and he was stoned to the point where people thought he was dead, um, that, that he came uh, to, to others in Galatia, and it may have been... It may have been damage from being stoned almost to death that he's talking about. But one way or the other, we don't know what it was, but there was some kind of sickness or some kind of infirmity, infirmity, I should say, um, so, uh, that Paul had. And the Galatians, you know, they, they, they it, it seemed like it even affected them. Now, when Paul came into Galatia, we find that in Acts chapter 14. Um, and... It, they received Paul. They even, amidst this problem that he had, this physical ailment that he had, and it seemed like it affected them. So, but they were patient. They were they were kind to Paul. They brought him in, and uh, Paul remembers that. And uh, he said, "And um, let me go over to the text here. I'm going to get my hands free. <laughs> um, if we go on in the text, he says in verse 14." Um, about the trial that, that his physical condition was even to the Galatians. In verse 14, or verse 15, he says, Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? You see, Paul is relating here and he's saying, you know, am I, am I now, I mean, you received me, I gave you the truth, you embraced it, Am I now some kind of enemy to you because I'm just telling you the same truth that I told you once before? Where is that joy that you had, Galatians? So Paul is reminding the Galatians of this former blessedness and this state that they were in when they loved him. They accepted the gospel, they loved him, they were helping him, they had received him. But it seems like things have changed now. And I'll be honest with you, between friendships, relationships can die because falsehood starts creeping in. I've seen it before, I've seen relationships permanently damaged and never really return to their former state and it sounds like Paul is concerned about that right now sounds like that's a problem between Galatian the, the Galatian believers and Paul it seemed like there may have been some kind of hostility um, because Paul is now saying hey look the gospel has not changed so that's the infiltration that false teachers can bring uh, we see it in Galatia and we can see it in, in uh, our lives as well so as we go further, it sounds like the Galatians, not sounds, it is, the Galatians are being wooed away from Christ. And Paul is concerned about that. And Paul goes on and he describes these false teachers as having 
poor intentions and going after the Galatians, wooing them. And he says in verse 17, he says, They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. Now, there's, this is a concept um, of, of manipulation and control by these false teachers. What they wanted to do is they were seeking out, they were hunting down, if you will, uh, preying upon the Galatians, and they wished to seek them out. But it wasn't commendably. It wasn't for good reasons, Paul says. It wasn't for purity. Uh, they were seeking them to give them a false gospel. And it says in verse 17, they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. In other words, you are going to start depending upon them and their truth. And they want to shut you out away from the truth and away from Paul. Verse 18 says, but it's always good to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, not only when I am with you. So I believe that Paul um, would have been happy if there would have been teachers giving the truth. Even though Paul wasn't with the Galatians, he would have been thrilled to death if he'd have heard that there were good teachers coming in and helping these people. But that wasn't the case here. And Paul is saying, I'm really concerned about this. And he, verse 19, he says, you know, my children, which is a very tender term, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Meaning, I am concerned and I want to, to be with you and I want to work with you. I am laboring until Christ is formed in you. Verse 20, but I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Well, Paul is rightfully concerned, and he wants to be with these Galatians and try to straighten things out. And that's just normal. As a pastor, I know I, I've seen people go off the rails, and the one thing you want to do is, is you want to help them as best you can. You want to, you know, you want to try to get together and, and find out what's going on. And that's what Paul is doing as well. They are like spiritual children to him. So there's our passage, guys, and here are some things that we can uh, we can learn from this. Um, we need to be concerned for people that start listening to falsehood, and and it may be natural for us to understand or to not understand fully why they leave the gospel. You know, it can be perplexing to say, well, they have a good thing here. Why are they why are they going away from it? But we need to reach out to them. Call people back to Christ. Challenge them when they fall off the deep end. Pull them back from the ledge. Encourage them in the truth. That's what we need to do. Connect with them. Try to build them back up again. Now that doesn't always happen, and you can only go with people so far. So if someone wants to reject Christ after they've claimed to be a believer, you know, you can help them as much as you can, but you can't believe for them. You cannot change their hearts. You can only encourage them with the truth. So, 
that's all we have for today and that's quite a bit so I uh, I want to leave you with that thank you very much for supporting this uh, podcast subscribe and tell others about it that's how we grow pray for us and guys until next time bye bye <music>